Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Welcome to the NBA Lit Playoff Preview presented by OTGBasketball.com. I'm your host, Nick Fay. With me, two great podcasters, Jack Manuel and Preston Ellis. What's up, fellas? Howdy, howdy, guys. Oh, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back, Nick. And Jack, nice to finally meet you, sir. You too, mate. Always good to meet a fellow professional. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a professional. More like a buffoon with a microphone. <laughs> But uh, Preston, he does the Bird Calls, great podcast. Jack is co-host of JBT and the Brooklyn Buzz, both great podcasts. Check them all out. But today we're talking about the playoff series Blazers. This show is presented by SAP. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash XM. And Pelicans and arguably maybe one of the best matchups in the first round. I think yeah, I reckon. Sorry, go I ahead, Jack. <laughs> no, I don't want to interrupt the the professional, but I, I was going to say that Mister Mister Pelicans over here is obviously going to think it is as well. But I, I I think this is probably one of the best series with the probably the Heat and the Sixes. I, I reckon if this one doesn't go six or seven, I'd be heavily surprised. And there's there's stars are plenty in this one. These teams are both in in relatively good form. I reckon this is going to be a heck of a series. Yeah, a lot of people are pointing to the 76ers and the Miami Heat as a must-see television show, to speak. And I think this one has even more exciting storylines. Of course, you've got the Cinderella story in New Orleans. You kind of have the battle of the small market teams, the the David versus the Goliaths, only this time it's two Davids. But you've got the star power in Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Drew Holiday, and Anthony Davis. You've got the feel-good story in the Pelicans battling back with our De- without DeMarcus Davis, uh, I'm sorry, DeMarcus Cousins. And also you've got the storylines of Alvin Gentry and Del Demps, two guys who were considered lame duck general managers and head coaches. And now seemingly they've locked up probably the next three years going into this offseason. We had our, our new owner, our, sorry, our new owner, Gail Benson, come into the locker room and congratulate all these guys. Everything has changed. Everything is so different than it was last year for the Pelicans. And of course, Portland has had their own uh, very successful run. They locked up the third seed about two weeks ago and they almost lost it here in the past two weeks. But uh, getting that big victory over Utah Jazz cements uh, a 
bit of momentum going into this battle with the Pelicans. And you're absolutely right, Jack. These are going to be seven fantastic games. The four matchups this year have been split two to two, all very tight. It's going to be very exciting, Nick. For sure. And like you mentioned, the previous matchups is 2-2 all year long. DeMarcus Cousins obviously will not be playing in this series. He played in the first three, not in the last one. Is there anything we can take away from the previous matchups between these two teams? Absolutely. On March 27th, the Pelicans faced off with these guys without DeMarcus Cousins. And Anthony Davis severely sprained his ankle, but he did play through it. He ended up with 36 points in his two matchups against these guys. He's averaging 36 points, 11.5 rebounds, 4 blocks, three assists. This guy is, is he just loves playing against the trailblazers. And um, there, there's so much, I, I don't want to monologue. I want to make sure that you ask me the questions that, uh, that I'm specifically supposed to answer. But in that game specifically, the Pelicans have to limit what Nurkic and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are able to do in these matchups. And in that matchup, for the most part, they, they limited use of Nurkic, but they did a wonderful job of shutting down CJ McCollum, who was just three of 19. And that's something the Pelicans have done very well this year is keeping one of these backcourt mates from really exploding on them. It's just unfortunate that Damian Lillard's 41 points, 20 in the fourth quarter was just too much for them to overcome. There's only one all de- defensive backcourt mate with Drew Holiday, and he can only guard one of these guys. So Drew Holiday is effectively going to shut down one of these guys. The Blazers will be able to pick which one it is, but is that other backcourt mate, whether it be CJ McCollum or Damian Lillard, going to be able to do enough heavy lifting to overcome a Pelicans team that's going to push the pace and score a lot of points? Yeah, I think that's a good point, mate. Um, you make because uh, I think that they needed to almost turn their energy towards Damian Lillard. Because if we're talking like on-off numbers and who has the bigger impact, yes, CJ is, a, is an elite prospect and probably one of the best shooting guards in the league. But Damian Lillard is the heart and soul of this Blazers squad. And I think we can... Who knows what we could get out of playoff for Jean Rondo if he's engaged as well. And even if he's taken on Damian Lillard. We saw what happened uh, when he was with the, the Bulls last year. He almost took the... Uh, the Celtics out in in a really really wild series, so I think that the, uh, even Rajan Rondo is going to have a real impact in this series. But for me, it's it's all about Damian Lillard, like you mentioned, Preston. The fact that twenty points in that last quarter, he became a dad, and then he just wanted to get all those points and get out of there so he could be with his girlfriend. He was absolutely outstanding. But Lillard and Davis, I mean, you got the clash of styles. One of the best point guards. Both of these guys should be first team All NBA. Um, it's it's going to be super-duper exciting just to see this real clash of styles. And like Preston mentioned, you know, the, the Pelicans like to get out in transition, like to get the ball moving, whereas the Blazers sort of like to slow it down a little bit and sort of keep it a bit, um, a little bit sort of iso ball, but also sort of a half-court sort of game. So I'm really excited for game one. And, you know, Mo Harkless, hopefully he can come back soon enough as well so both teams can be at full strength. Where do you think the Blazers can attack the Pelicans in this series? You know, where's an area where the Blazers can kind of take advantage of the Pels? Well, there's something that I wanted to correct Jack on. Mo Harkless is not going to be playing in this entire series, which is an incredible boon for the Pelicans because he's he's just been getting better and better all season long. He's shooting 42% from three on the year. But uh, if you'll remember in October, November, he was shooting somewhere around 20%. So since December, he's actually been shooting close to 50% with him off the floor. Al Farouk Aminu's numbers have have dropped. They just haven't had as much spacing. And I was just talking to Stephen DeWall and he gave me a bunch of great information about how the how the Blazers have had to respond and the uh, 
how much pressure that's put on the backcourt to seemingly do more and space the court for them. Now, getting back to Nick's question, where the Blazers can attack the Pelicans, there's a couple of different areas. One, of course, the critical one that they're going to have to do to not only manage possessions, but also to slow down the contest because the Pelicans are going to want to push. They want as many possessions as they can get. They love fast break is to get rebounds, offensive rebounds and defensive round uh, rebounds. They're top 10 in the NBA in both. And when Mecca Okafor came off the floor for the Pelicans the last time these guys faced each other, they dominated on both sides of the glass. Al Farouk Amino and Nurkic both got over 10 ter- uh, got over 10 rebounds. Also, in addition to that, the Pelicans can turn the ball over because they they uh, create so many assists. Um, they have the best assist to turnover ratio in the NBA. But with all that passing, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be deflections. The Blazers are 29th in the NBA in creating deflections. So they need to stick their hands out a little bit more and create more opportunities, create more turnovers. We know these guys are really great in defense, but but can they create those opportunities for their offense, for those easy transition points? And is that what they want, in fact, to keep pace with the Pelicans, or do they want to slow things down and kind of frustrate the Pelicans, make the Pelicans play half-court offense? Because there's nobody better in the NBA in pushing the tempo, but if they can slow them down and force Rajon Rondo to create those, those uh, amazing alley-oops that we've seen from Anthony Davis night in, night out, if they can force them to do that, maybe they can frustrate the Pelicans and kind of take them out of their rhythm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good point, Preston. Um, the only reason I mentioned Mo Harkless is that um, NBC Sports Northwest reported that Wednesday on Wednesday that Harkless could return by the time that the series shifts back to New Orleans. So I'm not sure how credible that source is. But yeah, I think the rebounding thing is a, is a huge sort of... Um, they're obviously top 10 in, in, in terms of rebounds per game, rebound percentage. Um, another little stat that I was looking at, but they're also fifth in second chance points per game, which is uh, one sort of thing. I, I think it obviously relates to the, the offensive rebounding. But when you've got a guy like an Anthony Davis, uh, one of the best rebounders in today's game in, in both ends of the fourth, defensive and offensive, uh, there's going to be a lot of burden on him. So I think Yusuf Nurkic really needs to sort of make that a key focal point for him. You know, make it on the offensive and defensive and make Anthony Davis work. Um, like Preston mentioned earlier, you know, Davis was so dominant in that most previous performance on March 27. If Nurt can have an impact on the boards, then I think that's going to go a long way to getting the Blazers to win. Uh, they're also, you know, ninth in defensive rating. We know how good their defense has been, especially during that earlier winning streak. So it's certainly going to be a clash of styles, like I mentioned earlier. But um, if the Blazers can stay locked in and sort of slow the game down, then I think they can get it on their own terms. I think it can go a long way to getting the W in this series. Preston, do you think the Pelicans are going to try to protect Anthony Davis in a sense and kind of, you know, prevent him from having to be on Nurkic a lot to kind of reserve his energy? I just wanted to apologize to Jack. I just looked it up, and this is fresher than 24 hours, but you're absolutely right. He, he is expected back uh, the middle of next week, so they could see him back in the lineup by Game 3 or Game 4, and that would be huge for the Blazers. To answer Nick's question, this was something we've been talking about for the past month, how much we loved having a Mecca Okafor on the floor, specifically in this matchup. I was just talking, uh, as I said, to Steven, and we talked to David McKay, award-winning journalist over at Blazers Edge. He's one of their editors over there. Those guys do a great job. If you haven't uh, checked out their site, make sure that you do that right now they're they're covering the nike hoop summit which is uh based out of there as well they have a big game there tomorrow uh tomorrow night but I, I love having a Mecca Okafor out there because Yusuf Nurkic struggles against these guys who play fundamental defense, who kind of do the right things, set the right picks. He struggles against those guys, against guys like Anthony Davis, who take a lot of risks and they kind of, you know, go out block hunting and steal hunting and, you know, try to try to help other defenders. 
Yusuf Nurkic is is squirmy enough to capitalize on those guys and use his body and use his cunning to to squeak out rebounds and and to get against the glass and get a couple extra second chance points. But I think that Alvin Gentry has kind of already tipped his hand as to what he's going to do in this series because the Pelicans have been playing playoff basketball ever since Saturday against the Warriors. And he's done something that he hasn't done all season long. And that's that he's given Nikola Mirotic DeMarcus Cousins minutes. So what that means is they've been starting together, but Meritich has been playing the five for large spurts of time. And when Anthony Davis comes out the floor, usually Anthony Davis plays the entire first quarter. And then the first six minutes of the second quarter, uh, Meritich comes in and he plays center. So he might be matched up against Nurkic. And while that may give the Blazers an advantage on the board, Nurkic is going to have a hell of a time chasing Meritich out to the three-point line. When the Pelicans do that small ball lineup of uh, some version of like, Rajon Rondo, Ian Clark, or Drew Holiday with Solomon Hill, Darius Miller, and Nikola Miritich. These Pelicans are going to play fast. They're going to space out the floor. And this might be a place where the Blazers can capitalize on the Pelicans if the Pelicans aren't shooting particularly well. But if the Pelicans are shooting well, they might play Nurkic right off the floor. That's certainly a good point because you mentioned that pace that they got, Preston. They're first in the league when it comes to pace. You know, they're fourth in effective field goal percentage and six in true shooting. So they know how to shoot the three ball. They know how to get the right sort of looks. You know, they're also third in scoring and assists per game. So it's really sort of who's going to be able to stop it? Can they stop them in transition? I think the Blazers' defense is good enough. Um, but like you mentioned, I think when they go small, I mean, that's when you know a lot of teams can get played off the floor. We all know about the Golden State Warriors' death line and what's going on in Houston right now. But the Pelicans, I think, have been underrated in that aspect. I've watched a few of their games, and I really like what Emeka Okafor is doing. Nikola Meritich has been absolutely outstanding. And his ability to space the floor, and I think his overall energy that he brings to the squad, like he's, he's not the, a horrible defender by any means uh, either. So I think that there's a, a lot of aspects that I think that Alvin Gentry can do to sort of, you know, sort of counter, I guess, somewhat to what Terry Stotts is doing. It's going to be a really interesting coaching battle uh, as well. How much do you think it'll help the Pelicans if they're able to kind of push Nurkic off the floor? You know, earlier in the season, Nurkic w- did have some issues with stats and they weren't playing him in the fourth quarter because of the small ball. Do you think it would really help the Pels if they're able to push Nurkic off the floor or it's not that huge of a deal? I don't think it's that huge of a deal. And that's that's a hard thing to say about a guy who I think is one of the best 10 centers in the NBA. The, the Pelicans are well willing to let him have his 20 points and his 10 rebounds. He's not going to kill them. What they don't want to have happen is they don't want CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard to both light themselves on fire. Because that would be absolutely uh, damning for the Pelicans. But whether it's Nurkic out there or Ed Davis, who I'm sure the Pelicans will see a lot of run from. Ed Davis is actually somebody who might potentially scare the Pelicans even more because he is a very active rebound, a great defensive presence. The Pelicans are number one in scoring in the paint since DeMarcus Cousins went down, and they were second in uh, scoring in the paint when DeMarcus Cousins was with them. So they they celebrate on easy shots. They like to attack the rim, and they like to get underneath the rim. A lot of those is those alley-oops to Anthony Davis, but a lot of that is cutting players like Drew Holiday, like Ian Clark, like Etwan Moore. And Yusuf Nurkic is not going to stop those guys. Al Farouk Aminu is going to be counted on a lot to go over and help on those tight possessions. But if the Pelicans should get out to a, a quick pace and get to a lot of scoring, you might see Ed Davis play Yusuf Nurkic's role there. But if that's the case 
then you're also opening up the floor to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And the Pelicans are going to, I think that's going to be the story here, is the Pelicans are going to make both Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum beat them. They're definitely willing to let Nurkic get his 20, and they're definitely willing to let one of those guys, McCollum or Damian Lillard, go off. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. But both of those guys are going to need to play well and score a lot of points to keep up with the Pels. As a fan and as an expert, Preston, who would you prefer to go off? Would it be CJ or Dame? Or is it obviously both of those guys, when either of them go off, it, it almost leads to wins on, on more than one occasion. But do you have a preference that you would sort of like to see Alvin Gentry target? I think the formula for the Blazers that has worked so well is that Damian Lillard has kind of carried these guys and you get to the fourth yeah. quarter and then one of those guys uh, – has to be the difference maker. And CJ McCollum is so efficient in that regard. But against the Pelicans, uh, the tables turned on that one. And Damian Lillard just carried them all night long, scoring 41 points. And I think you have to take your chance there. Damian Lillard, I'm such a fan of him, such a fan of his game. The Pelicans almost got him with Anthony Davis in the 2012 draft. The Pelicans took uh, Anthony Davis first overall, and they were poised at 10th overall. And they were trying desperately to move up, I think, to 7th, where he ended up going. Uh, But they were going to package that pick and the next pick. Uh, so I, I love his game. I don't think there's a whole lot the Pelicans can do to slow him down. You can put Drew Holiday on him and kind of limit him, but I really honestly and truly believe that if you put Drew Holiday on CJ McCollum, you can nullify most of his game. Drew Holiday has been that good this year. Uh, but with that being said, if Drew is on Damian, I think they're just going to be cunning enough with their screens, with their cuts, uh, to yeah. with their pick and roll to create opportunities. And Damian Lillard is just a good enough player that he's going to take advantage of those. I think the target here is to shut down C.J. McCollum. I think that's a really actually interesting strategy because, like you said, Dame's just going to get his. You know, there's not really much you can do. He hits a ton of tough shots, a ton of tough threes from deep. C.J., I think, like you mentioned, Drew Aude, one of, you know, probably the best perimeter defenders this season who's finally starting to get some love, could definitely do work on C.J. McCollum. But from the Pels' perspective, where can the Pelicans attack the Blazers? Uh, there's, Other there's, than pace. We yeah. mentioned pace a lot. <laughs> I definitely talk about pace and transition, fast break. This is something the Pelicans do better than anybody else. Uh, another one that I wanted to mention was points in the paint. That's something we talked touched on briefly with you, Sub Nurkic. Nurkic is not a defensive stopper. He's not somebody who can really limit guys like Drew Holiday and Etwan Moore, who are so good at finishing at the rim with both hands. And Etwan Moore has that great runner. He's really consistent and reliable for about 11 to 15 points per game. So too is Ian Clark. And Rajon Rondo has become more and more aggressive. We joke that playoff Rondo has been activated and uh, we saw that against the Clippers and the Warriors and last night against the Spurs when he went off for 19 points 14 assists and four steals so that's going to be number one if the Pelicans can limit their turnovers that'll just create more possessions for them and give the Trailblazers less opportunities to slow down the slow down the pace and other than that we know what Anthony Davis is going to do. We know what Drew Holiday is going to do. Can Nikola Mirotic keep this streak going? It's been five straight games of all-star level basketball. Uh, I think it's 26 and 13 over that over that span. If he can keep playing like that, if he can uh, continue being that efficient offensively, as well as contribute what he does defensively, I think the Pelicans might have a real shot in this series. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those super yeah. hot and cold players. Like we saw early in Chicago this season when he came back from the facial fracture, he was lighting it up. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's got some real consistency about him since going to New Orleans. I think, you know, he's found a situation where it's almost, it's fit well. Um, you know, Greg Monroe was rumored to go there, but I'm glad that the Pelicans got a, a guy who can space the floor and almost fix their system that little bit more. But yeah, the points in the paint that Preston was mentioning, the second in the league for that at 52.1 points per game. You know, third in fast break points. So we know what they want to do. 
They want to feed Anthony Davis down low and also find their shooters on the perimeter. Um, the Pelicans will be, will be relatively good at sort of, you know, forcing tough shots. Um, but at the same time, I think if the ball moves fast enough, Rajan Rondo is one of the most creative passes in the league. We can say what we want about him in terms of, you know, fit, sort of padding his stats, Russell Westbrook style. But in the playoffs, you know, this guy's a real commodity. So I think they've got a, a really good balance in terms of their team cohesion that Preston's been mentioning there. Um, it's whether the support cast from both teams can stand up. We know Dame's got a ball out. We know Davis's got a ball out. Who's going to step up outside of that? You think that could be a strategy for the Pelicans in a sense where, you know, they're trying to make everybody but Damian and CJ McCollum kind of score, you know, force Evan Turner to create things. And we mentioned Mo Harkless possibly not being in there. There's just not a ton of guys in that team that are consistent scorers where other than Dame and CJ. There's, there's going to have to be guys who make each other work on each end of the floor. Damian Lillard's probably going to be matched up with Rajon Rondo because Rajon Rondo is kind of squirmy like Nurkic, and then he kind of just sits back and creates uh, scoring opportunities for other players. But then if you fall asleep on him, he'll take you off the dribble and he'll go right to the cup, and you'd have to think that's where they're going to hide Damian Lillard so he can kind of keep up his strength so that he can really lead the charge against the Pelicans on that end of the floor. But so too on the other side. Where are the Pelicans going to hide Rajon Rondo? Some people have Rondo matching up with CJ McCollum and Drew matching up with Dame. I don't think that's where the Pelicans are going to go with this because we've seen other teams really take advantage of the Pelicans when the Pelicans try to do that. I think that... uh, Rajon Rondo is going to be matched up with Evan Turner. And like I mentioned, it's going to be up to Evan Turner to punish the Pelicans every single time that they do that. If Evan Turner can punish Rajon Rondo and create scoring opportunities for other guys, create some spacing, get to the hoop, uh, score some easy buckets, that might take Rondo off the floor. And then you bring Ian Clark onto the floor. And I know that he's been a blazer killer in the past, but he was virtually non-existent the last time they played these guys. He's going to have to make himself known as one of the three bench players who's going to get a lot of minutes in this game. And it's going to be up. It's it's going to be up to both squads to to take away some of each other's weapons. And on that end of the floor, uh, that's that's an opportunity where they can take away Rajon Rondo. And if you take away Rajon Rondo, that that mitigates the pace, that slows the game down, that that takes away those easy assist opportunities. He really gets the team going on that end of the floor. Not just himself, but just the confidence that he gives those guys, the communication, having him out there as like the de facto coach the the floor general as they like to refer to him if you can take him off the floor that could be a huge advantage for the blazers yeah his leadership can't be understated you know we we know what he can do with the ball um without the ball is 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 another story but i think yeah you mentioned evan turner there i think if you're looking for spacing from evan turner then i think it's gonna be a bit tricky but i think he has an ability as well where he's improved someone in his passing game as well so I think that's going to be a really nice battle going over there. So I think at, at the same time, when it comes to playoff series, these support casts always play better at home. They feed off the energy of the home crowd. So I feel like the Blazers, if they can get, if the, if, in fact, if the Pelicans can sort of nullify that early, get off to a sort of semi-hot start, keep it even in the first and second quarter going into the half, then they've got every chance to steal um, the away win, which is all important, you know, when you're going into a seven-game series, which is likely that this, this is going to be. Well, talking about role players and matchups, who? what are the key matchups of the series? What are the ones that matter the most? Uh, before I get into that, I just wanted to say quickly that uh, Jack mentioned uh, home court advantage. And, and you know, the age-old expression that uh, the series doesn't start until somebody loses a home game. This one might be a bit trickier because even though the Trailblazers, I think, are 29 and 13 at home, the Pelicans are really good on the road. They're both 24 and 17 on the road and at home. So you might see a couple of uh, disconcerting losses and wins on each other's home courts that you might not expect. 
don't be alarmed. That's just the way that the Pelicans play. And the Blazers, so too, are very good on the road also. So this might be, and that that's what makes this so exciting, is that you might see the improbable happen. You know, teams beating each other on each other's home court. Uh, your, your question, Nick, was about uh, X factors. And I think we've definitely delved into Rajon Rondo and into Nikola Meritich. If I could bring up some other names, Darius Miller and Solomon Hill have not been good lately. They've been, in fact, very, very bad. Darius Miller is the best shooter that the Pelicans have, but he's downright timid offensively. He can be scared off the three-point line, and when he is, rather than driving to the paint and get an easy bucket, he just gives the ball up uh, quite often to Rajon Rondo, who is not uh, a scary shooter. So he needs to be more aggressive, and so too Solomon Hill, ever since returning from his torn hamstring, uh, he just lacks the lateral quickness that made him an elite perimeter defender, so he hasn't been shutting those guys down. He's been playing with the reserves, which really hasn't killed the Pelicans yet, but in this instance where you'll have C.J. McCollum and Evan Turner probably head, heading up the second unit, these guys can take advantage of him, and he can't attribute anything offensively, so he's a great opportunity for somebody like a C.J. McCollum or an Evan Turner to hide on that end, kind of play a bit of free safety, create some turnovers and some easy fast break opportunities, so the Pelicans definitely... In the early second quarter, the first six, six minutes of the second quarter, and at the end of the third quarter, they're going to need a positive basketball from Darius Miller and Solomon Hill. Yeah, the support cast are going to be all important. And I think, uh, talking about the matchups, I think Drew Holiday is going to be one of the key guys to this series. We've, we've mentioned his name that many times, you know, defensively, but also offensively as well. Can he get his own as well? Can he create his own shot? Can he... Uh, get a nice sort of pick-and-roll game going with Anthony Davis. We know Rajan Rondo loves that sort of style. But, you know, Drew has been playing a bit off-ball, obviously. You know, there was a lot of questions in him going into the season. He's, uh, you know, answered them and then some. I- I'd be surprised if he's not all-NBA defense first uh, first team, if not second team. But, you know, his role in this series is probably the most important out of any of these sort of 30 players that are going to be pl- uh, suiting up. So I think Drew Holiday versus Dame versus CJ, whoever he guards, you know, in the first and second quarters and, and down into the clutch, it's going to be, you know, up to him. He's going to have that responsibility on him. And, you know, we haven't really seen uh, uh, Drew in those sort of situations, really. You know, he hasn't had the history of, like, you know, sort of playoff clutch performances. We've seen that from from Rondo. We know what we get from Davis. He's had that, he had that season uh, a few years ago where he was uh, huge against the Golden State Warriors. But Drew Holiday, you know, he's sort of, uh, somewhat inexperienced when it comes to that sense. But I think he's going to have a big series. You know, he's proved it this season. And I think, you know, it's it's about which team could perform the best. We know that the stars, the stars are plenty, the stars driven league, but it's about the support cast that we've been talking about. The guys like Darius Miller, Evan Turner, Mo Harkless, Alfaruk Aminu. Who's going to step up and support their stars the best? Who's going to go a long way to winning this series? So would you guys say the deciding factor in this series is most likely going to be the supporting cast? Uh, I'll go Absolutely. I'll- Sorry, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say no, uh, just from the Pelicans' perspective, just because Solomon Hill and Darius Miller really haven't been contributing anything on that end. And you've got Ian Clark coming off the bench, and he's he's pretty much good for 10 points per game, and Etwan Moore is pretty much good for 10 points per game. The the Pelicans' major factors were Jean Rondo, Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and Nicola Meritich. You know what you're going to get from Holiday. You know what you're going to get for Anthony Davis. Uh, the two guys who, who really have to come up big for the Pelicans are playoff Rondo and Nicola Meritich. I think in, in the case of the, the, the Blazers, I reckon it is a, a little bit more of the support cast. And, and if you want to call, I guess, CJ McCollum a, a support cast outside of Dame, because we know this is Dame's team, uh, and he's been the one that's absolutely balling out as an MVP contender. Um, so I think if, if CJ sort of heads that sort of support cast with guys like Nurkic, who's probably the number three guy, 
And then their wings. Can their wings make per- enough perimeter shots to sort of drag out and sort of create a bit of space for Nurkic if he gets a few post touches, you know? Make Anthony Davis work a bit on both ends of the floor. I, I think uh, basketball's a team game. We know it's a star-driven game. We know the stars end up winning the games at the end of the day. And I think because Damian Lillard is so clutch, you know, with LeBron James, probably the best clutch performer this season at least, it's going to come down to can the other guys make their shots and, you know, create more space for a guy like a Damian Lillard? Because for me, you know, you're only as good as your your seventh and eighth guy. And when the rotation sort of um, tighten up a little bit, I think these teams are quite even. You know, they both have, you know, the same sort of amount of stars. But the support cast for me is going to be one that sort of stands out. Who's, whose bench is going to step up? Who's fourth and fifth guy? Who's fourth and fifth starter is going to stand up? Are they going to do enough to sort of, you know, give that little bit of energy and, and juice, as Nick likes to say, to sort of <laughs> get their team the W when it really matters? Yeah, I agree. Both you guys made great points, especially from the Pell side and the Blazer side. But let's get to it. What is your prediction for this series? Who's winning it? Jack, you go first. I will go. Uh, well, I, I guess I should go first because I don't want to offend uh, Preston because I'm going to go Blazers in seven. Um, <laughs> I, I'd be I'd be surprised if this series doesn't go six or seven. Like I mentioned earlier, these teams are just too good. Uh, I think either of these teams could be in the top four. Uh, I'm surprised with the the way the Pelicans were going that they. You know, I guess they lost a little bit of gas going uh, late into the season, but you know. A really nice sort of thing that I that Preston mentioned about the fact that they're both so good on on the away floors. I think that's going to change the entire series. Um, you know, the I, I like the energy that the Portland Trailblazers crowd gives. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what the Smoothie King Center and the Pelicans fans can bring um, with the with the playoffs coming. Up. We know that during the regular season they're occasionally you know a bit hit and miss, but I think they're going to come out and, and really support their team uh, in all its glory. So. I feel like there's a little bit of an edge there for the Blazers, so I'm going to go Blazers in seven. And this is somewhere where I might nod. Uh, I, I guess the lack of education I have on a, on a, being a Trailblazers fan, I, I know just so much more about being the Pelicans. And one thing that I know that does nod in the Pelicans' favor is responding to adversity. And like Jack uh, so aptly mentioned, whenever these two teams play, some unexpected things are going to happen just based on how each other plays on each other's home court. Uh, both these guys are going to play very confidently no matter where they are. So there could be some turning of the tie, like the Pelicans might be able to steal game one and steal game two. And how would the Blazers respond to that going one and one to New Orleans? How do they respond from adversity? Because we've seen from the Pelicans with the passing of, of Tom Benson with DeMarcus Cousins' uh, Achilles injury on the biggest night of their season, taking down the unstoppable uh, CP3 Clint Capella and James Harden at the time. The, the lame duck manager and head coach, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis, all this this national hype about trading him to Boston, the Adrian Wojnarowski interview, the Rachel Nichols interview. This has never stopped for the Pelicans. Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis have been carrying this team all year long, even before Boogie got hurt. They were top 10 in minutes played. These guys are used to this. Nothing's going to scare them. They're they're not going to uh, be a deer in the headlights, so to speak. So how is that adversity going to affect Portland when it does happen to them? Are they going to be able to bounce back? Because I already know that my squad is, and so I'm going to pick the Pelicans in seven. Wow, you both made compelling arguments. It is a very tough one, and I'm telling you, my soul wants to pick the Pelicans, but I'm going to go with the Blazers in seven. 
I think if the Pels win, though, I think they might win in six. And I, like you said, Preston, if there is some type of adversity for the Blazers, I could see the Pelicans kind of jumping all over that. And the one thing that gives me some faith in the, you know, in the the Pelicans in this series, it's always been that same thing. You know, when you have the best player in the series, you always have a chance to win. And obviously, Anthony Davis is the best player in the series. Uh, you could you could argue that. I think one of the conversations that we're going to see next week and who was who the best prospect of the 2012 draft, because of course those two guys went head to head, and they were so explosive in their in their years Anthony Davis was a bit quieter he he was limited to I think like 17 minutes per game on the season anyway I'm monologuing at this point but that's definitely gonna be a central uh storyline is is maybe is Anthony Davis overrated maybe Damian Lillard's the best player uh Damian Lillard of course is gonna finish in top five in the MVP voting so you can say these guys are pretty much equal with uh what what they mean to their team but like I said I, I think the major storyline here is Jack is something that 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 we can't look away from is this is going to be a great series. This yes. is going to be oh, yeah. must-watch television. If we get anything less than six games out of this matchup, I think that is going to be the critical disappointment because these teams yeah. are so evenly matched. They take away what each other does so well. Uh, it's it's just going to be I, – I just can't – I can't look forward enough to Saturday night. I think it's going to give us everything that we're expecting and more. Yeah, agreed. I mean, like I said, to start the pod, I think this is probably going to be one of the best first round series. But before we get out of here, who's your MVP of the series? Well, if Blaze is in seven, then for me, it's going to be Dame Dollar, uh, Damian Lillard. He's going to hit some clutch shots. We know um, he's one of the best shooters, perimeter shooters, perimeter guards in the NBA. Um, he's going to have a tough time against Drew Holiday, but Damian Lillard's an MVP candidate for a reason. So for me, it's going to be Damian Lillard. I think it's going to be Anthony Davis just because he's kind of the Peyton Manning of the New Orleans Pelicans. He's always going to put together his his 30 points and his 12 rebounds. And, you know, he's the number uh, one overall pick, and, and he's got the commercials and that kind of thing. And he's also going to play all NBA-level defense. But I, I think it can't be understated how much the Pelicans are going to rely on Drew Holiday in this one, not just offensively. They're going to need 20 points and seven assists and five rebounds from him night in and night out. But he's going to be tasked with chasing these guys all night long. He's going to play 40 to 42 minutes, and every single one of those minutes is going to be either chasing CJ McCollum or chasing uh, Damian Lillard. He's not going to get a break in any of these games. So while it might go to Anthony Davis, I think very quietly the Pelicans have to win this one with Drew Holiday. Well, yeah, you heard it perfect. here. Preston has the the um, <laughs> the Pelicans in seven. Jack has the Blazers in seven. I have the Blazers in seven. That wraps it up for today. As always, thank everybody for listening. Make sure you check out Preston's The Bird Calls pod and Jack's JBT pod. Thank everybody and enjoy the playoffs. You have been listening to The Bird Calls. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, do us one more favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate our podcast today. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Geico presents, yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later.
The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.